0: Rewind Football Fantasy (laughs) Fantasy Football Rewind
1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Radio Network. Known as the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and this is Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Sincada, our number two here. And get this, you're going to love this. Falcons head coach, Dan Quinn. Says Monday, he is not satisfied with Julio Jones usage to this point in the season. No way, Dan. Neither are us fantasy owners. We're not happy either, Dan. Thank you for being one of us. Come on, Dan. Quit. You're the head coach. We're not satisfied with you, Dan. Dan, that's your job. Fix it. You're the guy on the sideline. Say, hey, why don't we throw the ball to Julio? You're the guy. Putting the game plan together. Why don't you talk to your offensive coordinator? Tell him to get his head out of his ass and throw the ball to Julio Jones. Seems simple. Seems simple. Like, you want to be unemployed? You already were the head coach for the most disastrous choke in the history of football. Now you're the head coach. Of a team that can't get the football to one of the three best wide receivers in football, Dan Quinn, you racked up some numbers, but there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff on the wall here, Dan. A lot of things adding up. You got to take care of business, Dan. That little owner and his little girlfriend, wife, or whatever she is from Home Depot. Eventually, they got to stop telling people. how oh, they're, you know, good for the community because they only charge $3 for a Diet Coke. And win some damn games. Concessions in Atlanta are reasonable. They're like 3 bucks for a Coke. It's like $2 ducks for a hot dog. Who would have thought they could have reasonable prices? Howie Blank's getting it done from a concession standpoint. But his coach has inadequacies. Because he can't get the ball to Julio Jones. He can't protect the 24-point lead in the fourth quarter. Dan Quinn. Lucky we got cheap soft drinks in a new stadium. That's all I can say. Gosh. Life don't have to be so hard. People make life hard. Dan Quinn's making life hard. Throw the ball to your best wide receiver. It's really, really, really pretty damn easy. We don't have to be Harvard geniuses. You don't have to be Ryan Fitzpatrick to figure that out. Right? You don't have to be Ryan Fitzpatrick to figure out that all you have to do is throw the ball the right guy and throw it throw it throw it i'm telling you right now that's the way to go and do it that's the way to go get it down you're listening to fantasy football rewind on the fantasy sports radio network back after this
2: And unlock the secrets of injury analysis.
0: I owed the irs ten thousand dollars the irs garnished my wages they put a lien on my house the irs is the most powerful collection agency in the world they do not give up until you pay
4: i couldn't sleep we were being audited i called tax solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders i call tax solutions now and they got the irs off my back
0: tax solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours tax solutions now can get you help our agents know the
1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is Fantasy Football Rewind. My name is Tony Sinkata. And uh, we're here. We're getting it done. Tony's on NyQuil. Got a sore throat. Got a headache. We're here at to 1 to 3 a.m. Eastern. Absolutely getting it done. Trevor Simeon is expected to be cleared for week seven. I don't know if that's good or news or bad news. Kicker injury. Kicker injury. Dustin Hopkins has a hip injury. The team will work on kickers this week. (laughs) Kickers. (laughs) Dustin Hopkins, he's a pretty good kicker, too. Damn. Got to figure out your, uh, there. Golden Tate, according to Ian Rappaport. Golden Tate is expected to miss a few weeks. Man, it never ends. Tate is uh, waiting on MRI results before... He's believed to be dealing with a sprained EAC joint. It's bad news. The Lions are bad this week. I'll tell you what. Kenny Galladay was ready to come back. If he's ready to come back, this could be all what you wanted. All you guys out there in fantasy land. here comes your hero, Kenny Galladay. He's certainly worthy of play now. Absolutely. Let's go back to the fantasy football frenzy with my friends Nando Dufino, Jake Sealy. If you missed any of the show... Go and download the first hour on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. Here are the men. Nana Dufino, Jake Seely, and Matt Odico.
3: People are willing to drop him at this point. You can get him for nothing. Alex Collins? He might as well try. CJ Anderson or Murray Cooper Jake. It depends. That's actually a pretty even deal. Don't it give me this needs answer. answer. It
6: is. In a vacuum. If you're, if you're making this trade, that means you obviously need a, a wide receiver. C.J. Anderson, because right. I'd rather
3: have a running back, all right. if, given the
6: landscape of the position. Matt, what's wrong with this Washington team? Jamison Crowder, 3 for 15 yesterday. Terrell Pryor, 3 for 23 yesterday. Is it Chris Thompson just taking up all the passing yards?
7: I think it's not as vertical as I was, as I was hoping. Against Kansas City, they seem to be going vertical, and I was uh, really encouraged coming off the bye. I mean, Kirk Cousins had a hell of a day yesterday. I mean, he got in, he ran for a touchdown, but he's the, that vertical game is not there as I thought it would be. Hopefully, it does appear. I mean, you got Doxon. you got Pryor, Crowder. I think it might be a lost season due to injury. It looks something's, like it. something's not right. I don't yeah. think he's ever been right. He's been that way since uh, going back to camp. I mean, Doxon's getting healthier before him.
3: Yeah the um, Same thing. As I was on Crowder for this week. We had no injury reports from him. It sounded like everything was right. He's back to 100%. Because the thing about this offense, the Kirk Cousins offense, and basically this entire system, is it's timing, precision, getting open, and hitting the spots. And the biggest problem is two things. Terrell Pryor can't do it because he doesn't have that skill yet. He has something he's still working on. Remember, this guy was allowed to just freelance with the Browns, and now he's asked to be more precise, and that's not his skill. He's learning, which is fine. Crowder isn't there because he hasn't been healthy. Maybe it's something that's going to linger all season at this point. It's going to be in the waiver column. He's droppable at this point. Doxson could end up being their number one in the second half of the season. Let me ask you this. Who has the bigger second half? And let me just give you some choices. Mm -hmm. Willie Sneed,
6: Terrell Pryor, Sammy Watkins. And let's just leave it at those three. Sneed Sneed, uh, Pryor, Watkins. Who, so I guess the question is, who are you buying right now? PPR,
3: Snead. All right.
6: I'm, I'm going to stick with Pryor. I, I
7: just think the talent is there. It hasn't really come to fruition yet, but I still think it's going to pop. I just don't think what Watkins, he th- there's not enough targets going his way consistently.
6: What is going on with Sammy Watkins, man? We could do an entire show on Sammy Watkins. You know who's been Aylson? the most consistent wide receiver? Robert Woods. Robert Woods is three of the last four games. Special place in my heart for Robert yeah? Woods. Yeah. I, I don't know. I like him. He oh, was amazing in college. I think, you know, Buffalo was an offense with Greg Roman didn't like USC to throw. Are you a USC fan? No. He no. was awesome in college. Okay. Yeah, and he's back in Southern California. I think that's, you know.
7: How about the University of Syracuse?
6: Oh, dude. Yeah. Syracuse University. Close enough. I <laughs> know you're <already laughs> We're very, great that. It's, you know what's annoying to me? And I'll just, let me just monologue for a second. Hey, everybody. <laughs> no. It's all these people who went to Syracuse but didn't grow up in Syracuse, which I got no problem with it. I'm not territorial. like oh Syracuse fan you're in communications and derka derka I'm like dude I grew up in Syracuse I didn't go to Syracuse there's a difference there's (laughs) a stark difference you grew up going to the dome when you're like six years old cheap ticket way up watching Marvin Graves you're a Syracuse fan you go there for four years yeah I guess it's
3: awesome and fun but you know, I know there's this kind of rift between the grew up or versus going. No, I don't think
6: there is. I just don't want to fall into that category of like you don't want to be one of those. You're communi- Yeah, I didn't go to Newhouse, dude. Bro, send him to the pit of misery. I'm just saying, like all these people are complaining. You know, like how the northeastern, northwestern people are insufferable on Twitter when Northwestern does well. Oh, because they're because like, of the journalism school. Yeah, like Syracuse has a little bit of that backlash. But I'm not an SU guy, man. i like I'm from Syracuse. Bleed orange. I was un,
7: I, I was unaware of this. Uh, I
6: don't know if it exists. In my brain, it exists. <laughs> in my brain, it exists. It's just because people were, like, hating on Syracuse communications people. I'm like, I wasn't me. Well,
7: I mean, Syracuse used to be really good in, in college football oh, yeah. at one point. I mean, growing up I in mean, the Big East, it was it used Say. to be a good conference. And anyway,
6: look, we're here That's to give advice. Jake, give us some more questions. I know you've been staring at that chat room.
7: I, I really haven't.
6: It. It's just been kind of like listening to Every time to I look you look over at you, you're like, Somebody's oh,
7: asking what Jake's uh, outlook is on Julio Jones.
6: We already answered the Julio Jones question. What's the outlook? How many more 100-yard games does Julio Jones have this season? Four. This week, they got a dream matchup. Four. This week is, is oh, you know what I want to ask? And he'll have at least six touchdowns. We got a little bit of time, I think. I'm going to say like three minutes uh, until we break and then we depart. By YouTube Julio, line, no. I'm sorry. Come back for the best friends forever. And then Livewire's on at 12. We've got a lot of YouTube Live going on today. The New England Patriots come out of bye, and we're like, all right, New England Patriots, bad pass defense, but it's the Patriots, and they've got great coaching, and they'll rectify this. And they did not rectify this at all. Josh McCown threw all over them. The Patriots going forward, is this like coming off the bye would be the one time you think that the Patriots would be well, able to fix it? Well, 10 games
7: off. They had the, uh, all right. 10 days off. They didn't have the bye. They played right, whatever days. it was. Thursday know, night. Yeah. Thursday
6: night, yeah. They did not fix it.
7: Well, the, uh, yeah, well, uh, what's his name? Did not play, was uh, inactive. active uh, Stephen Gilmore. Yeah. He, he didn't play. Look, the defense I thought would improve as the season went along, but, you know, obviously they still a work in progress.
6: This isn't one of those devious Belichick things where it's like a bait and switch. This is like the Patriots defense is going to stink now. They, have they, got, they got Julio Jones and Matt
3: Ryan next week. Fire everybody up in this game. This game should be like 40 to 30. Right. This
7: is is what uh, Matt Ryan
6: really needs. Is this a week? So, if they're asking, like, what do I do with Julio Jones? It's like, start him and join the DFS sites. Join whatever you can and start Julio Jones. Yes. Yes. Or is that too obvious? No, I'm sure the price is depressed. Or is Justin Hardy the way to go? I'm kind (laughs) of (laughs) curious. Maybe a healthy Marvin Hall. Well, Marvin Hall, you know, so we get done with the show here at 1 o'clock, and I'm on the bus, and all I got is Twitter to go on. And everyone is like, who's Marvin Hall? Who the F is Marvin Hall? Blah, blah, blah. Look at all dude had one catch. Free, I mean, all catch. the people that were saying, Yeah, but it was a touchdown. It was the aggravation of it.
7: Taylor Gabriel, when I was, you know, Austin Hooper did, uh, I think, outscore him.
6: So, are we looking for like everybody on Atlanta to do well next week? Is this like Tevin Coleman's you look, gonna Everybody
3: do well, and on both teams doing well. Julio's price is still not even that depressed. It's 8800 it? 8, on FanDuel. I'm working on DraftKings. All right. Do that in the break. Actually,
6: if you're on radio, we got a break. If you're on YouTube tune back in in about 10 minutes for the fantasy best friends forever we're going to finish up here on the radio if you want to listen to us it,
1: there they are the fantasy football gods fantasy football frenzy right there in the fantasy sports radio network that was matt modica that was my guy jake Sealy, and of course none other than matt modica Those guys always get it done. I love They do a super job. That's why we keep them around. That's why we love them. And that's how we have great stuff. And remember, you can always go over to YouTube at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and make sure you sign up and get all the great work from the guys over there as they continue to pound out things all day long. All night long. I like it. You like it. Let's get it done. Now other things happening in the National Football League we should be aware of, besides Dan Quinn. I'm still fired up about that. You know, I reported earlier on the Fantasy Sports News Desk about Rashad Matthews getting ready to come back and ready to play. Well, he's yet to catch a pass with that surgically repaired hand to clear up that report. He's uh, he's a guy that looks like he's in shape, treadmill shape. But he has yet to catch a pass, and that's always a problem. Matthews underwent therms, some surgery on that right hand at the beginning of the month. He spotted making a one-handed grab at practice on Monday, but he's yet to catch the ball with his injured hand. He has been doing some work with tennis balls. Coach Sean McDermott called Matthews day-to-day. Does not look like he's going to play this week, despite earlier reports. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reported that Jameis Winston has an AC joint sprain in his throwing shoulder. Rappaport adds it's an injury he may be able to play through, but the diagnosis throws his availability for this week against the Bills up in the air. On the bright side, Winston was able to throw after suffering the injury on Sunday. He expects to play in Buffalo. Ryan Fitzpatrick will get the start if Winston's forced to sit. Fitzy looked good last week. Fitzy looked good. Jameis Winston might try to get back a little quicker than normal. Don't want the kid from Harvard. Knocking uh, someone out with that Florida State education. The Seminoles. you listen to Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Sicada. We're here every Monday through Friday now from 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern, bringing you everything you need in fantasy football. We'll be back with more fantasy sports information after this. Stay tuned for more Fantasy Football Rewind.
2: unlock the secrets of injury analysis.
1: Yeah, welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Cicada, and of course, week seven coming up. We're going to have to hit the waiver wire, and we're going to have to make some decisions. Can't keep everybody. Here's my man, Gary Thorne.
8: Hello and welcome to this Monday edition of The Rotation. I'm Garyan Thorne, and as we are apt to do on Monday, we are breaking down the carnage that was the weekend in NFL football. Week 6 is almost entirely behind us, but it is now time to set our sights, especially considering the glorious offering we have for Monday Night Football tonight. But it's uh, time to set our sights on Week 7 for fantasy purposes and figure out who we can pick up off the waiver wire to try to uh, help some of our fantasy teams right now that might be struggling just a little bit, whether it be injury or just underwhelming production. We'll talk a little bit about that, too. Some guys who you might be thinking it could be time to drop despite their possible high price tag coming into drafts and leagues in 2017. So to help me break all this down, we welcome in Dan Klasgins from Pro Football Focus, Sirius XM Fantasy and ESPN Fifteen thirty, dan thank you so much for taking the time man
9: oh gary and i appreciate you having me on
8: uh really looking forward to it uh really am because there's a lot to break down here a really weird week uh anyone in a survivor can probably attest to that but for fantasy purposes too a lot going on and Some people might have already forgotten with the craziness we've seen go down across the last 24 hours that we saw some craziness to kick off week six of the fantasy year. Uh, Still kind of have the reverberations of the Ezekiel Elliott situation hanging above us. Uh, Don't really know what's going on with that, like in a set-in-stone capacity as of right now. I mean, Zeke if the suspension is in fact upheld, will not be on a football field until week 12. However, there's still a chance this goes through the appeals process. Um, there's, there's still a whole lot of uncertainty hanging over Zeke specifically, but even what the Cowboys plan to do at running back, if this whole thing goes through like we think it might, Uh, You know, they've said they're going to use a running back by committee. So Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris, both these guys were hot fantasy commodities Thursday afternoon when this news broke. But they're still both sitting around 50% in Yahoo right now. If you're in a 10-man league and they're still out there, which one of these guys do you prefer right now, Dan? I mean, is there one of these guys deserving of possibly spending 25 to 30% of your FAB budget?
9: Man, I just don't see it. I don't see it, especially, like you said, in a shallower league. It's a dicey situation. And as you already alluded to, we don't even, Ezekiel Elliott doesn't know. The Cowboys don't know. Nobody knows how this thing is going to roll out. I will say this, you know, if I had to pick up one of those guys, it's probably based on the format I'm playing. And I think, I, I know that's sort of redundant and probably, you know, a little boring, but I think in a standard format, the more traditional running back guy looks that they'll probably turn to to pound through the tackles and, and maybe even at the goal line is Alfred Morris, where if I'm in a PPR setup, I think, you know, in, in the passing downs, you're going you're to get McFadden in the mix, but um, I don't think either. I really look for them to lean on Dak Prescott a little bit more in his absence than necessarily one of these running backs. Are they worth picking up and putting on your roster? Yeah. Are they going to save your fantasy season? I don't think so.
8: Do you feel like if you're a Zeke owner right now, Dan, that you kind of want this suspension to go through? Like, how? what's your thought process right now if you do own him? Like, do you want to make sure he's back in time for the fantasy playoffs or do you want to keep delaying this as long as possible? I guess it
9: depends on what my record is, right? Yeah. I mean, if I'm sitting there at 4 and 1 and got Zeke on the bench, uh, yeah, I'd probably rather it be done with. And, it, you know, just as a reminder, they said have a bye week ahead. So if it does go down where this starts this week, it's actually week 13 oh, true. that he would be back. So it's a six game. Absence without Zeke. I think the other interesting part of this is, what if what what, what should I do? Should I maybe make a trade for Ezekiel? Elliott? And I I think if I'm sitting on, I've got to like win out, or you know I'm on the outside looking into my league's playoff picture. Yeah, I might roll the dice on this and make a trade offer to actually acquire Ezekiel. Elliott. If he gets suspended, he does. You're probably not going to make the playoffs anyway. But if this thing does get pushed the next year, you might get that player you need to get you back in the mix.
8: Yeah, definitely a high-variance play. And, I mean, keeper leagues and dynasty formats are a whole different ballgame. So this will be a situation we'll be covering very closely for the duration of the season. Uh, let's move to more standard waiver wire conundrums right now. And uh, Matt Forte returned to action for the first time since week three for the New York Jets and uh, really dashed a lot of the hopes of Elijah Maguire owners. I mean, just in terms of raw snap count, out snapped Maguire 43-25, out-touched him 17 to 10. Didn't get a whole lot going on the ground necessarily, but Forte, sort of a vintage Matt Forte game in the passing game, eight catches in this contest for over 50 yards for Forte. I mean, this situation again is super complex. I mean, it's, it is the standard definition of running back by committee. Bilal Powell might be back next week. Even, you know, they've got Miami on the schedule, who's been a very good rush defense this season. Uh, Coming in to week six was number two overall by DVOA in rush defense. I mean, Forte is a guy who obviously put up a very good stat line in PPR formats for week six. But can you allow yourself to get overly excited about someone who, first and foremost, might be an injury prone guy the rest of the season? But is it seems like best case scenario going to be involved in a three running back system?
9: yeah I mean well first of all I think it's been surprising to all of us that the Jets have been as fantasy useful as they have been not just in the running game but we've seen it in the passing game as well and so they're a lot better of a football team than I gave them credit for, that's for sure. But you hit the nail on the head here. I mean, if Bilal Powell returns, none of these guys are, are really trustworthy because there's a lot of mouth to feed there. Now that said, Forte is a guy that's obviously worth the spot here. Uh, and during this bye weeks and with injuries and everything else, I mean, he could be a guy that you plug in the lineup. I feel a lot better about him in the PPR league as he mentioned eight catches. Plus, you got to remember, he actually did play with McCown during his Chicago days. So I think there's a little bit of chemistry there in, in terms of yeah, you know, where they dink and dunk to each other. I mean, there's a familiarity. You can see it when they play. But I still think Bilal Powell is the jet running back that I'd probably rather have the rest of the season. But it's not like I'm tripping over anything to get these guys. If he's out there on your waiver wire, though, there's no doubt that Matt Forte is worth throwing a few bucks at and adding to that bench.
8: Yeah, I think Bilal Powell is the guy. But it's kind of underwhelming what that term, the guy, might mean when it comes to the situation. It just doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of – Uh, A whole lot of offense to go around there, necessarily, and just a whole lot of snaps for these three running backs. Elijah McGuire really throwing a wrench into that whole situation this season. Uh, Let's talk about a former Jet running back for a second, uh, because Chris Ivory's situation got a whole lot more interesting post-game in that Jacksonville contest. I mean, Leonard Fournette was really underplaying that ankle injury, so maybe this is a nothing story. I mean, he says, quote, I just twisted it a little bit. Uh, Even came back into the game after leaving that contest yesterday against the Rams. But it's still one of those weird kind of areas where Chris Ivory was very fantasy viable in his own right in that contest yesterday. In fact, tied for the team lead in targets with 10, had nine catches, 74 yards and a touchdown in that game against the Rams. They've got the Colts next week who, you know, a lot of people have been salivating over getting the Colts in terms of their fantasy oppositions all season long. Is Ivory maybe worth a spec pickup in case this Fournette thing gets a little dicey uh, over the course of the week? I,
9: yeah, I definitely think he's a guy worth rostering. I mean, we've seen uh, pretty early in the season here that TJ Yelton has moved on from him, which you know, obviously opens up some opportunities behind Fournette. If I'm a Fournette owner, especially, I think Ivory's a guy I might, uh, you know, handcuff there, you know, to get through. But as we talked about with really all these guys, man, I mean, the bye weeks are still there's still so many teams with buys left, so you got to get a little deep on the waiver wire and, and add some depth and running backs to a position where it's, it's about as scarce as you can find. So, I like Chris Ivory as a pickup this week. I think he won't get the attention of some other players. Maybe we'll have some clarity by Wednesday night waiver wires, but if you got some early week waiver wires, I think he's definitely worth a speculative ad and tossing a few dollars at.
8: Yeah, and maybe someone who, as you're talking about, you can get on the cheap uh, considering there are so many higher name and maybe more obvious situations to kind of pilfer at this point uh can maybe get him out of value and then who knows Thursday Friday we might hear the Fournette's missing practices and uh that obviously opens up Chris Ivory's value heading into week seven uh don't often want to talk about the Patriots because we we know the story it's been the same for almost a decade now Dan it's frustrating to own a Patriot running back in any capacity it's frustrating to own a Patriot skill position player who's not named Rob Gronkowski or Julian Edelman when he's healthy. We just never know how these guys are gonna utilize their weapons. But Deion Lewis had a very intriguing game yesterday, mainly because he got the goal line touch, which really signifies more maybe about Mike Gillisley than it does about Deion Lewis right now. Like, who knows how deep and how long that Bill Belichick wants to keep Mike Gillisley in his doghouse. But, you know, Gillisley was someone who coming into week six, had taken six of the team's seven snaps and seven carries inside the five-yard line. He was the goal line back, and that was his value. That was his fantasy stock. And then Deion Lewis comes in yesterday and gets the two-yard touchdown on top of leading the team in carries and tying James White for the team lead in snaps played. I mean, is this a situation that's so murky that, again, maybe Deion Lewis is not someone who can start on a week-to-week basis? I mean, because Rex Burkhead's still kind of sitting there, too, waiting to get healthy at some point. I mean, how do you value Dion Lewis? Is he someone you could spend, like, more than 20% of your FAB budget on at this point?
9: Nah, I, I can't get too excited about him, honestly. I, I think you already really just played it out pretty well with Rex Burkhead. I mean, how many weeks have we going to miss with this rib issue? Uh, he keeps practicing on a limited basis. Eventually, he's going to get back in the mix. He's a little bit more useful on special teams and in some other areas than Lewis. So, I mean, he's going to be on the active roster there. you got to remember, before, before yesterday's game, I mean, Lewis only averaged 5.2 touches per game prior to Sunday. So, I do think that that Gilleslie fumble early got him in the doghouse. That's why he got Lewis on the goal line. is a guy that, I mean, it's touchdown or bust. So, if you're sitting on him, chances are you're overpaid. You're never going to get returned on value. But, I mean, he was often not really clicking it as a whole. I mean, it's just, it's hard to figure out, as you said, what they're going to do week to week. I do think that... Uh, I do think if there's any of the running backs that I, that I want on my football team from New England, it's probably James White because he has the most clear, defined role. But Lewis, I, I'm probably going to pass on him, fellas.
1: There you have it the rotation, which you can catch on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on YouTube with uh, Gary Thorne and a good friend, old friend of mine, Dan Claskins. A man absolutely uh, was getting it done. One thing I want to clear up, though, before we. We get it done. I guess the New England Patriots have raised uh, their expectancies because everybody says, "Oh, their offense isn't as good as it was gonna be," you know, as it has been in the past. And people point out that they're they have the third, fourth most points in the National Football League, and they're seven points, I believe, from being the best offense, most points scored in the National. League. Yes, seven points. So. To say that their offense is taking a big hit, the numbers don't support those statements. Stay tuned for more from FanRag, of Fantasy Baseball's home on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We still do it once a week with Al Malkiori. You can listen live Saturdays or download it all week long because we don't give up on baseball. And also, you will listen to Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
6: Skix sneakers are taking over tailgates and alumni homes across America. Skix canvas high top, low top, slip-on, and kids' tennis style sneakers designed in officially licensed college colors and logos is a must-have for every college fan's wardrobe. Fun, fashionable, and comfortable. Whether you're at the big game or watching the game at home, Skix helps fans perform better. Go to skix.com and use promo code FNTSY for 15% off your pair now. That's skix.com. Skix sneakers, the soul of a true
1: does your fantasy football team suck <coughs> did you draft david johnson with the first pick <laughs> i can help you out Go to iTunes, subscribe to Stand Up Fantasy. I will make your whole life better and put a little smile on your face, make you happy. Maybe you find a significant other just by changing some bowling shoes. Maybe you'll worry about things a lot less. Stand Up Fantasy at iTunes. Subscribe now.
3: I'm Melissa and I'm Jill and we're the interns the fancy sports radio network and DKMS want to send you to Minnesota this February all you have to do is play our big game trivia challenge sponsored by DKMS starting next week answer four questions right and you're heading to the big game tune in to find out when the contest will be running so what are you waiting for play the big game trivia challenge sponsored by DKMS only on the fancy sports radio network
10: Is yours call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800 220 3479. 800 220 3479. That's 800 220 3479. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services Incorporated 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida 33313. Not a loan Company. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 19, Oregon DM 80031. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation Commission. License number DC 32.
0: in this league a show about games hosted by men who act like kids
6: whoa hold up there voice guy act like kids that's not accurate really you saying we're
0: immature like how dick butkus phrasing boom
6: Hmm. Huh. Duly noted. Carry on.
0: Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh with the Fantasy Show for your twisted mind in this league. Wednesday nights from 9 to 11 Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Cicada. This is Fantasy Football Rewind. You guys, paying attention? Do you realize that it's Week Seven of the Fantasy Football season coming up? You know what? Week Seven signifies the second half of the Fantasy Football season. We're already in the second half. Feels like we just started. Let's go back to Gary and Thorne and Dan Claskins from Pro Football Focus and their talk on waiver wire additions.
8: He buying a little bit low or trying to buy low on Gillisley assuming that maybe he just is the goal line back again from this point on. I mean, we well, don't probably, really yeah. ever know what Bill Belichick's going to do. It's hard to get inside that guy's mind, but this could be an opportunity with as you mentioned someone who's already probably looking at Gillisley as a sunk cost. Maybe they just want to cut ties with this guy.
9: Yeah, I mean there's no doubt he could probably be had for real cheap, but it goes back to the trust factor. I mean, can you stick this guy in your lineup? And I think if you're in a PPR league, he's pretty much useless to you. He hasn't had a catch all season, unless he had one yesterday that I missed. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with adding on Lewis, but I'm not getting rid of too much to do it. So I guess it depends on how deep your league is. And are you willing to put this guy in the lineup? Now, we've seen Lewis have success in the past, So maybe another good week like this and another week where Gillisley stays in that doghouse, I might get more excited. But I still think I would be just as willing in a deeper league to throw Rex Burkhead on my roster for a buck than to overpay for Lewis or any of these other guys if I'm going to stash a Patriots running back.
8: Yeah, maybe this is the week to just go after the Burkeheads and the Ivories of the world and kind of cross your fingers and save some money for later on in the season if there isn't that definitive guy. Because as you talk about with just clear-cut roles and guys who don't really lend themselves well to being a PPR running back, or even a half-point PPR running back, Alex Collins is very Mike Gillisley-esque. I mean, he is someone who has got 53 carries this season, and to his credit, 6.4 yards per carry, that is far and away the highest total of any running back with at least 50 carries this season. He's the only guy to average over 6 yards per carry with 50-plus carries so far this year, but not a single catch to his name So far in 2017, I mean, he's a touchdown or bust running back on a team that's only averaging two touchdowns per game. It's not as if this Ravens offense is, you know, a bunch of world beaters or something. So I guess, I mean, Alex Collins would kind of fall into that Mike Gillisley class for you as well. Right, Dan?
9: Yeah. I mean, the thing with Collins, what's interesting is is the biggest difference between him and Gillisley is he's not getting, I mean, he's not getting snaps inside the 10 yard line. So the fact he's not scoring touchdowns, is really more of an opportunity type of thing. But. As you mentioned, 6.4 yards per carry. I mean, the fact that he hasn't played a game yet this season where he's averaged less than 4.6 yards a carry, I don't know. I think I can get a little more excited about Collins. I think for Ravens, I mean, obviously Buck Allen. You know, what's going to be interesting is we haven't heard a lot about it. and He's not making a lot of progress, but at some point this year, we could potentially see Danny Woodhead return to this next. Yeah. Then it gets very interesting. But of, of the running backs we discussed here so far today, uh, I think Collins is the guy I'd probably be most comfortable with if I needed to throw him in my lineup just because, you know, he's at least getting rushing yards and, and making the most of his opportunities.
8: So if you had to rank the sort of... Your, your rankings for pickups this week in terms of running backs, you'd have Collins ahead of the Deion yeah, Lewis's well, we and the Matt Fortes of the world? One
9: of the guys I like the most out there. Maybe he's already been gobbled up, but, you know, he's still available in a lot of leagues I'm in, and that's Orling dark Yeah. I mean, you know, last night I think he sort of overtook the job Not that it was hard to overtake. I never was really enamored with Wayne Gallman and and Paul Perkins. I mean, let's let's be real. I don't think he's going to be the guy. I mean, 21 carries last night, 117 yards. So I think of the guys we talked about here, uh, maybe minus the Cowboys running back, if we had clarity on Ezekiel, he would be a top. And then I like Collins probably. And then PPR, if I'm in PPR, obviously Forte is going to be a guy that has a pretty high floor if Powell remains sidelined. Lewis is probably the least attractive to the mix.
8: Yeah, not just the numbers for Orleans Darkwall last night, but the numbers against that particular opponent, a Denver defense that had stifled some of the league's best to this point in the season. Uh, that game is eyes. shocking.
9: I'm still trying to like process that that even happened in my brain.
8: Yeah. I mean, again, week, week six, we might just look back and go, I don't know what happened, but uh, there was some weird stuff going on. Uh, let's move <laughs> outside running back for a second, Dan. Uh, let's talk about John Brown. For a second, uh, not exactly a huge performance yesterday. And it was kind of a weird situation for Arizona. Like, I mean, we can't really talk about Adrian Peterson as a waiver wire guy because he's like 80 percent plus owned at this point. But I don't think yeah. anyone foresaw the game script oh, for the no Cardinals way. kind of breaking right. down that, that way. I mean, this is a team
9: that they're liars.
8: <laughs> right. It was it was just strange. I mean, this is a team that have been throwing the ball 70 plus percent of the time. This season, Carson Palmer only drops back to throw 22 times yesterday, but John Brown hauls in three of those, 63 yards and a touchdown. Like, has is, is he definitively made himself back into the sort of de facto wide receiver number two on this team? And would you kind of think of him as like a flex type option or even a starting wide yeah. receiver in a three wide receiver format as we go forward? I definitely
9: think, I, d- I definitely think, I mean, let's face it, I mean, durability is a, a huge concern. Oh, yeah. Yep. And that's going to flare up at any time. He does appear to be as healthy as we've seen him in some time. I definitely think he's the second-best re- uh, receiver on that football team right now. I know Jaron Brown was getting a lot of that volume early on, but mean John Brown uh, has the deep playability. So I think as a fantasy wide receiver three in your lineup, that's sort of what I'll look for. You know, I hope – hopefully I got the, the high floors with my wide receiver ones and two. I think wide receiver three in there that can make that big play. And that's Carson Palmer. I mean – He's old, am not a huge fan. But, I mean, he's definitely slinging it out there, getting it done. And, uh, you yeah, know, so I have no problems with John Brown as a wide receiver three. And I actually picked him up a week or two ago. So I had him in some lineups yesterday where I needed him on bye week. And he delivered. So there are going to be some duds out there for sure. But that's pretty much the case with any guy we discuss as a wide receiver three, right?
8: Yeah. No, really. And it's the kind of archetype that Ted Ginn really embodies as well. It's it's the low floor, high ceiling type player. And it's kind of funny because you look at a lot of these types of players as very situation dependent pickups. As you talk about like bye weeks coming up. I mean, there's only two teams on bye for week seven, but one of those teams is the Texans. And, you know, if you're a Will Fuller owner... Ted Ginn's kind of just like Will Fuller light at this point. I mean, maybe the touchdown expectancy (laughs) isn't quite as high as Will Fuller right now, but Ginn coming off a pretty good game. He's connected to one of the best quarterbacks and one of the best offenses in the league and Drew Brees and the Saints. I mean, Ginn is never going to be a guy who you trust necessarily, but there's got to be some people out there who could use Ted Ginn Jr. in Week 7, right?
9: I don't know, man. I, I'm not feeling Ted Ginn. I, I know he, what he's done on the big plays, but, I mean, his drop rate's amongst the worst in football over the years. I think yesterday was more, uh, I mean, he only had four targets. It wasn't like he was looked at a ton, um, but there, he, he made, obviously made the most of his targets at four catches, so, and he is capable of a big play. He's a burner. He's a straight-line runner. I think yesterday was more of a case that they were bottling up Michael Thomas pretty good, and, you know, leaving Ted Ginn open and Drew breeze is a pretty savvy guy to take advantage, but I I don't know. Ted Ginn is just not a guy I've never really really gone after and he has some big weeks, so there's no doubt about it, but uh, I think there's a lot of bad weeks in between.
8: Oh yeah. No one's uh, no one's denying that. Ted Ginn is not exactly, as I said, a player who you can trust on any given week. Uh, Going to be an interesting game though between the Saints and the Packers next week and that's kind of what I want to talk about for a second because you know there's not a lot of guys you can pick up necessarily on the Packers. I guess if you want to, you could go out there and pick up Nick Hundley. I don't know if anyone's necessarily suggesting that, but obviously if you're going to pick up one of these wide receivers or one of these running backs, you have to cut ties with someone on your team. And I wanted to talk about a couple players who maybe it might be time to say goodbye in week seven. And uh, Randall Cobb is kind of the guy I want to single out on the Packers right now because we know the Aaron Rodgers situation. I mean, he could be done for the rest of the season. He could be gone for seven weeks. We don't quite know what the timeline is definitively as of right now, Dan, but... Obviously, you're not going to drop Jordy Nelson or Devontae Adams. I mean, it's not a situation that they're going to benefit from, but you have to kind of hang on to these guys and just see what they give you as Nick Hundley kind of progresses as a quarterback. But Randall Cobb is someone who might not be enough of a guy to hold on to considering he's no longer tied to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, over the last three weeks, two of them with Aaron Rodgers, just 11 catches and 101 yards. That makes him wide receiver 41 in PPR formats the last three weeks while his two teammates Cobb and Adams have both been top 10 guys like can you just kind of say goodbye to Randall Cobb at this point considering there's no more Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah.
9: yeah I mean I don't have any season-long shares of him the begin with because I, I mean he's a guy that's just naturally overrated I mean I think you know we talk about durability like with John Brown but the thing is Randall Cobb's actually lost a, a step I think there
1: it is, the death of Randall Cobb with the death of Aaron Rodgers. You listen to Fantasy Football Rewind. We'll come back, we'll wrap it up. Don't go anywhere, Fantasy Football Rewind.
2: A hey, is Corey Parson, the Fantasy Executive, and I'm trying my best not to do an adequate promo. But anyway, I'm here to talk about the all-new fantasy football frenzy right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's myself, Wall Street, Matt Medica, who's already done like 47 drafts, each at $400 a pop. We got the accuracy expert, the all-link kid, Jake Seeley, who's never wrong, and me, the Fantasy Executive. All I do is talk and win chips. So tune into the Fantasy Football Frenzy every weekday morning beginning at 9 a.m. east right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
1: This is Tony Sinkata from Fantasy First Look. You can join me every Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. I am joined by George Kurtz and, of course, Joe Galina, the fantasy Jesus. If you guys want to watch the Monday Night Football game, turn the volume down and listen to us. If you can't make that commitment, subscribe on iTunes every single week. Get the best podcast in the business when it comes to fantasy football. That I'll guarantee. Fantasy First Look, 9 p.m. Eastern.
6: Does your favorite fantasy sports show pair banging on the table demanding shots? Drinks on Greg, drinks on Greg, drinks on Greg. With deep, smart Kareem Hunt analysis? If not, then I think the fantasy BFFs. Are for you. Every weekday at 11 a.m. here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on YouTube Live, join Greg Sussman, Frank Stample, Mike Florio, and NXT wrestler Eric Young for some of the best, most enjoyable, most imaginative fantasy analysis out there. Don't get your fantasy from boring people. Yeah.
8: This is the
6: Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever. Check out the Fantasy BFFs 11 a.m. every weekday only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and the Fantasy Sports YouTube page.
4: Hunter Henry, Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas... These three NFL sophomores are not due to slump, they're due to break out. Just like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. In year two, things are only getting better. Make sure to listen live and download the app, FNTSY Radio. It's free and it's 24-7. The best fantasy sports content is on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
7: Are you looking for the most complete college football coverage on Saturday morning? Then tune in to College Football Today with Joe Lisi and Rich Sermonello on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We break down every FBS conference, give you expert in-depth game analysis, and provide you with game predictions to get you set for kickoff. Your Saturday will be rocking as we talk with your favorite players from every school. Tune in every Saturday morning and start your tailgate off with us.
2: We have you covered.
1: Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thank you for joining us today on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network as we get you ready and prepared as we got you insane in the membrane. Tony Cicada feeling a little under the weather tonight, but thank you for getting it done. Thank you for putting up with my uh, NyQuil added in situation. But hey, I do what I can. You do what you can, and showing up is part of it. Eight hours of radio, a little under the weather. Now I'm going to get some sleep, man. I'm going to sleep like a baby. Baby, That's like one of the dumbest things ever. I'm going to sleep like a baby. Babies don't sleep that well. They cry all night, right? So who wants to go, oh, I'm going to cry? Huh? That's crazy. And when you're crazy, you get lazy. Fantasy Football Rewind now, Monday through Friday, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern. Make sure you join us. We're going to be back with more tomorrow night. See you then.